0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tug Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriend It principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, girlfriended. Here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on toginet.com.
1: Well, do leaders have to lead lonely? Is there a better way of describing the personal responsibility of leadership than loneliness? Well, before we get too far into
2: our show today, you are listening to Girlfriend It Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Journey, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we'll have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com.
1: Also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Most leaders we have known have talked about a certain um, just degree of isolation that comes with leadership responsibility. Well, okay, why would we define leadership
2: as lonely? I mean, you hear that phrase a lot, leading is lonely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Patty, you and me talk about that, and we see it so many times in other people. And as leaders, it is really easy to get discouraged because, well, everyone wants to give you their input on how you should lead, what you should do, Mm -hmm. um, what you didn't do. And you can get bombarded by all the noise around you of leading. And I know, like, um, when we do events, It it is it's stressful, and especially in our culture today, because nobody wants to make a commitment, and so they wait to the last moment before they commit to 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 anything, because you know they might have a better option or opportunity. And so we always hold, we all do that, we all hold out to the last moment. But it is very stressful when you're the one in charge and you're leading, and then you're the one that has the financial risk on the table, and you're trying to do all the logistics, and you're trying to order supplies, and you're trying to, you know, make make sure everybody has what they need, but you don't have a number, and you make a budget kind of on a number you think is going to happen, and then it is really stressful. We look at each other, and that's where if you don't have somebody around you that is kind of carrying that burden with
1: you, it can be very, very discouraging and lonely. Absolutely. And, and not only do you, you have all that as you're going into, I know Monday night we just did an event, and you have all that stress, and like you said, you're thinking of, you know, hitting a budget, you're doing all the logistics, and then you start going, what if nobody shows up, you know, because you are dealing with everyone, you know, just in, in our, our busy lives. And some that say they're going to be there, you know, they they end up not showing up. But you also, the enemy comes along and attacks you with those subtle lies. And you just, you're you're dealing with that, be it sometimes the self-talk of it, or it might just be in just pure criticism from others. People love to share with you uh, how you could do it better, and which is great. As a leader, you do have to take a look at that for correction. It's always good to have those critics around you um, that can breathe into you because that is what chisels us and makes us better, and, and you know helps us take the mountain. But one thing that that we have found is that you can't you can't allow those who know you the least to control you the most, and. So many times, that's so easy to do. The, the ones that you really love and respect will tell you, you hit the mark. This was great. We really feel that, you know, people walked away with um, being challenged. And you'll hear that, but it'll take one person criticizing something that you did. And that, that person might not even be the one that you would trust, but you kind of soak in on that.
2: Well, exactly. And it, you're always so, right after you either speak or after you do an event, is when you're s- you're so susceptible and you're so vulnerable. And when somebody can just say one simple word, and it can totally deflate you and take you out of the game. And um, I, I know, like, even with my husband, who who's a, a pastor, on Sundays you, and Mondays, you don't really say much because they're so vulnerable and wounded. And yet, it is amazing how many people will come up to, to somebody that is just, you know, given a talk and just feel like it's their right to, to go into the, the critique mode. And and they don't realize the impact you're having on that person that just stood up there, was vulnerable, shared their heart and soul, had put time into it. And it's just one word so many times. And the sad thing is, it's like when you're saying the people that know you the least, people can say a word and they have no idea uh, how, how much they just impacted you and that you're walking away just totally discouraged. And they're fine. They just got to dump their word or their phrase and they go on and you're left as the leader wounded and having to kind of go through all (laughs) those emotions, which can send you into isolation. (laughs) Yes. Talk about being lonely
1: hmm and I, I remember uh, one time this was years ago and obviously the team member and I you know worked all this out because that's one thing about leading where it can be lonely if you don't stay current with those that you have on your team around you you can become even more and more isolated but I remember we were doing a training and I love uh, the personality temperaments and that's why you can go to com and learn like what kind of coffee temperament you are and um, I was getting ready to go into explaining the temperaments, which I feel very strongly about knowing this when you're working with teams, how to communicate, how can you communicate effectively if you don't know how this person responds to the way you communicate, etc. And I remember this team member coming up to me, literally minutes, I was getting my microphone like put on, <laughs> and she said, you know, these people want to know how to do ministry. They could care less about their personality temperament, and you, you just kind of go raw there. You're just standing there, and you're so vulnerable anyway because you're you're not really you know confident sometimes you know how you're going to present it. And uh, I just remember going, "Oh, okay, <laughs> thank you," and having to like be on and and just conquer that, that, you know, whole session and, and, you know, later on we, we were able to laugh about it, but, um, you, you are putting yourself in a very, um, just vulnerable position where people can come and, and breathe into you at any time and it can be very lonely and it's easy to, to be isolated in those situations.
2: Well, so many times when, when you are leading, I know we look at each other a lot of times and go, if you weren't here, I wouldn't keep going. (laughs) Yes. So discouraged and deflated at times. I mean, it's not always that way, but whenever you're trying to really do something significant, and especially for the Lord, it seems like it's like you get your share of attacks. And and you all, we know that we know these things in our head, and we know we got to prepare in this way, and you get prayed up, and you do all these things, but you still feel the humanness and the human side of us still feels. Um, and I don't think you ever totally get used to the criticism, but you just have to learn how how to kind of, which voices to listen to and which voices to turn the volume down on. But that that is a process. And that's why you need a, another leader around you because, you know, like with, with you and I, we need each other to go, okay, don't listen to that. I thought it would, you know, I, I don't think others saw it that way. And, and you need that encouragement. And going back to... The opposite of discouragement, obviously, is encouragement. And so many times we need encouragement in specific ways. And and we will try to really, when we encourage somebody, give them a specific what we really appreciated about them or what they said. If somebody has given a, a talk, is like, I love when you said this because that's great feedback for people. And then it's like it just encourages them in a specific way. And encouragement is really—it's kind of rare. You don't you don't hear it a lot. And a lot of times people think, well, if the leader's leading or the person's speaking, I'm sure people tell them all the time, you know, how impactful that was a significant thing. And so they don't feel like they need to express that. And that contributes to the loneliness of leading because you're like, okay, am I just saying these words and it's just going on deaf ears and nobody is, it's not making a difference. And I know Patty, for you and me, that's one of our one of our challenges is like we never want to waste people's time, um, whether it's doing an event, that the event would waste their time, or when we speak, that it's wasting their time for being there. And so you're always just aware of that. And it can't send you an isolation if you feel like, for
1: yourself, you
2: haven't hit the mark.
1: Well, I know there's a... Um quote from John Maxwell that says, if it is lonely at the top, you are not doing something right. And, you know, when we we read that quote, we looked at each other, it's like, okay, do we agree with that or do we disagree with that? And yes, it is. We, you know, we, we agree that it is lonely, but you you don't have to have it that way. And that's why you and I are, are you know, we are like big cheerleaders on you have to do this together with someone else you cannot um lead organizations and lead ministries uh, just by yourself. You surround yourself with people that you trust and you love to hang out with, that have the same chemistry, that are, you know, great character. And you're able to, you know, just be able to communicate at the, at the same level to where you, you don't have, it doesn't have to be self-inflicted loneliness.
2: Well, and part of the, uh, that that contributes to the loneliness is as women, we, we all feel inadequate. And what we love to do is, is network women, especially women leading in our own community in Arizona here that are really trying to influence others, but you know, whether it's in ministry or parachurch ministries and get them together because it is isolating and it is lonely when you're out there leading. And one thing we we are constantly reminded that every time we get women together, we always get an email or something from somebody saying, you know, I came to this thing and I so did not see myself as a leader. And here I'm sitting around this table with these high capacity leaders. And and you and, I, you and I always scratch our heads and going, oh my goodness, you are such a leader. I cannot believe you're even saying that mm-hmm. because you are such a leader. We see that in you. But yet as women, we don't see that in ourselves. And that tends to isolate us a lot of times because we create those self-inflicted loneliness within ourselves because we don't see what others see in us. And we have to even get past that, um, just that inadequacy to be able to lead and to allow people into our lives as we lead, which is so, so important. Um, I know we we're going to take a quick break in just a moment, and, and we're just really excited about our, our guest today with us. It's Nancy Beach, who is a dynamic leader, and she has surrounded herself with people in her life, and, and it would be great to talk to her about the loneliness. But I know, Patty, you and me, we realize you have to be intentional of creating a support network around you that are really there in your life that you can speak into and they speak into you. And as we all know, we all face many challenges in leadership and it can be very lonely and discouraging and exhausting, but really doesn't have to be that way. And can you enjoy the journey and thrive? So stay with us. And joining up next is a high capacity leader who has navigated through her leadership and is passionate about helping other leaders. We'll be right back with Nancy Beach and stay with us.
0: This is Girlfriend It on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A, your host, Barbara Allison. Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of zero and six are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website one two three kindergarten.com then come learn and play with mrs a with your host barbara allison mondays at 11 a.m central on the rockstar radio network connect with juliana and connect with what lies beneath friday afternoons at four three central on Toginet.com. juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you, here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune into TogiNet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on TogiNet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on TogiNet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
2: Well, we are honored to have someone we call Friend, who has been a trailblazer for women leading in ministry Nancy Beach is a woman of courage and compassion who has spent her life pouring into others, especially at a senior level of leadership. Well, Nancy was the programming director at Willow Creek, which, as you know, is a very small church of about 30,000 plus, and it's probably more than that, (laughs) uh, for 20 years, and has been a longtime champion for church artists. Um, Nancy is a wife, a mother, an author, and speaker, and these days she is a leadership coach with the slingshot group Best based in LA. And Nancy is the author of a very influential book that Patty and I loved, and even our church staff read, and it was called Gifted to Lead. So welcome to our show today, Nancy. Thank you, both of
3: you. It's great to be with you today.
1: Well, Nancy, we, I think we f- uh, officially first met uh, several years ago when you were uh, hosting the Gifted to Lead Conference for Women in Chicago. I shouldn't say hosting. You were, you were doing everything for that Gifted to Lead Conference in Chicago. And it was just an amazing conference. And through all that, um, we would talk to so many women as they were there at the conference where they either see themselves as, oh, I'm not a leader, or I'm, I'm in that burnt out stage of leading because I think women think they can multitask and, and do it all. So what, what were some of the challenges that you saw that was taking place with women in leadership?
3: Well, I think a lot of women, first of all, haven't fully uh, embraced their gift of leadership. Uh, I, I think we tend to be, some of us anyway, a little tentative about that. And uh, it's it's hard for some women to actually say the words, I'm a leader
1: mm.
0: and
3: uh, a person of influence. And so I think uh, that's something we need to, to more fully own. So I saw some of that. I also saw the loneliness that you were talking about. I saw um, some women who, particularly if they were serving in an area that was predominantly male, um, they felt like uh, they were kind of a, a trailblazer in some ways or... Um, unique and maybe not fully understood. So there was definitely some loneliness uh, aspect there. And then also just this multitasking thing you're talking about. I think women feel, at least I know I had a an, an season in my life when my children were younger, that maybe I wasn't doing anything well, you know, it, whether it be at home or at church or, you know, in, in any of my capacities as a friend, as a wife, I thought, and I'm coming up short kind of everywhere and you think you're the only one. So it's really encouraging to come across some other women who say, me too, me too. And you begin to share kind of your learnings and, and just give each other some, some uh, freedom to give yourself grace and lower the expectations a little bit.
1: Yes, and make time for that, that grace and the, to be able to, like you said, lower the expectations sometimes means just being able to to be still I know I was um, chatting with a, a gal who's a very strong leader and she was um, in the midst of a, a group of other men leaders and they were talking about they just need to go golfing or they, they need to just take a break. And she was chuckling to herself that, yeah, I wish I had a wife so I could go golfing. Exactly. <laughs> you know
3: I used to feel that often. I I worked for a while. Uh, I served on the management team at my church. And for a while, I was the only female. And at the time, my children were young. And I remember often they would, the other guys would sometimes say, oh, let's, uh, we have to finish up on this topic. Let's meet really early for breakfast tomorrow, you know, at 6.30 or something. And immediately I would go into panic mode because my husband had a job as well, and, you know, I couldn't start that early and get the girls where they needed to be. And, you know, I looked around the room, and I realized that almost every one of the men in the circle had a wife who was able to cover for them and do that in yes. the morning. And that's when I thought, I want a wife. And, and um, you know, I, I, I do think... Statistics show that while men are sharing more and more in the home, I think, than maybe my parents' generation, there's still an unequal balance, generally speaking, and and women have a lot on their plate.
2: Yes, definitely, Nancy. You in in your book, gifted to lead, you just address so many great issues, and you said things that people think, or even men or staff at churches would think, but are not really addressing. And so we just appreciate because you kind of went into the dangers on some of that. Um, But you talk about even women having leadership gifts, and so many women don't see that as a gift because it's not labeled. It's not it's not highlighted or celebrated as that way, especially if you're finding yourself in a, in a male-dominated, you know, world or culture. Like, a lot of women find themselves within the church walls. How do you address that to women and how to, how to navigate their leadership gifts when you're predominantly working with, with men?
3: Well, I think, first of all, um, we have to have an inner work, you know, a, a deep kind of soulish inner work, no matter what our gifts are. Um, we have to embrace them. It's, first of all, figure out what they are. And then once you know, and if leadership is one of your top gifts, again, to to say, okay, God entrusted this to me. I'm a steward of this gift, and I have to stop apologizing for it. I have to find ways to express it and use it that are, um, you know, appropriate within the context of where I where I am. I think a lot of women are in uh, some church settings where their leadership gift can be expressed but only in certain departments or certain areas of ministry, and that's real hard for women. You know, I used to say uh, in many churches it's like you can you can certainly lead in children's ministry or you can lead in women's ministry, and that's all great, except, you know, a lot of us don't really like kids that much unless they're our own, and we don't necessarily want to feel called necessarily to women's ministry. And so in my situation, I was in the worship arts area which at the time when I first started leading it was all men. It, it, over time it became almost 50/50, and there were many women brought to the team. But when I first started, it was it was all guys, and it, none of them had had a female, you know, supervisor before. And uh, I had to figure out, okay, first of all, I want to make sure that their wives, most of them were married, that their wives know that I'm not some kind of threat. That I'm for them. I'm for their marriage. I'm going to get to know these women and um, be intentional about that. But I wanted to uh, hopefully model for them that this is all going to be okay. And I often say we just have to be big boys and girls and and grow up and realize that we can work together effectively, men and women, um, without necessarily falling to the kinds of sin and um, jealousy and all the garbage that we fear so much.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and uh, you know, it, this, so many emotions come up, but as women, when you're in those situations and you're trying to, cause I'm listening to you going, I had to navigate the wives and stuff and men don't have to worry about that. They right. just go not leave. They don't have to worry about how the spouse is going to, you know. Look at them, and so it can be very exhausting because we have to do a lot of other work outside to just be effective in the in leadership. Um, going back to we talked earlier about just dealing with criticism, and we know that especially because you're a trailblazer, and and when as you're trailblazing in this leadership and in the leadership world uh, within the church walls, how do you handle the criticism? And I'm sure, I mean, we all have you know people will leave a church because they don't like a message or. The way somebody leads how do you handle the criticism that's just sometimes it can be very damaging
3: yes it can and um, unfortunately the way I'm wired um, I care I care too much about that you know I I I work on that I, I think I'll be working on that till the day I die you know like really not needing the approval so much of other people but uh, because that was difficult for me, and in my church, just like other places, there were some people who, in their own conscience and the way they interpreted the scriptures, uh, didn't feel that it was okay for me to be a teacher. Um, I think they weren't so, so concerned about the leadership part because they didn't see that as much, but the teaching part uh, concerned some folks. And I knew there were some people who sent some angry emails, a few to me but more to my pastor and uh, some who ended up leaving the church over that issue. And, again, in their conscience, that's that's what they believed and felt. But I remember thinking uh, I had to revisit my whole theology about it and, and go to God again and say, okay, are you sure this is what you want me to do? Because um, I, I feel bad. I want everybody to like me. I want everybody to be happy. I, want to, You know, I want it all to be smooth. And that's just not reality. I don't care what area of ministry you're in there's going to be some criticism, and, and we really can't please everyone. So I think it's, it's when you're at peace in your own soul with what you believe God has asked you to do, and if you're married and your spouse is supportive of that, and I was totally blessed with a, a husband who was behind me all the way, and, and if your church is empowering you to lead, then, then I think at some point we have to just say, okay, A 100% of the people are not going to be good with this, but I need to move forward because the kingdom requires um, so much of us to just get in the game and stop second-guessing everything. And that doesn't mean we're not gracious. That doesn't mean we have to wave a flag and get angry and vindictive and, and, you know, shame people. None of that has to happen. But we do need to um, pick up ourselves and say, God, call me to this. And I am going to move forward in his strength. And uh, it requires an enormous amount, and I'm sure you ladies have talked about this a lot, and I see this in both of you, an enormous amount of relational and emotional intelligence. Those are qualities that are essential if a woman's going to navigate leading in the church.
1: Well, Nancy, we only have like a minute right before we go into commercial break. But just talking about that relational and emotional uh, leadership, can you just give another just a tip on on how you can uh, keep those relational and 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 not especially as a female not get so emotional as you're leading?
3: Well, when I use emotional intelligence, I'm talking more about um, you know kind of reading the room when you're in a meeting, uh, whether it's one on one or in a group um emotionally and relationally intelligent people uh are not so caught up in in their own situation that they can't have empathy and see what's going on in the room so a lot of it has to do with choosing your words carefully but as we all learn from our mothers you know tone of voice and everything else it's it's learning to communicate in a way that won't be off-putting and that hopefully will be constructive and and will contribute to a really healthy team dynamic
1: Yes, and and that EQ is so important, and I think people are becoming more aware of that. That we we have so much emphasis on the IQ, um, that that the iq is awesome you definitely want smart people to surround you but that eq is so significant to be able to to read those people that around you the ones that are leading you the ones that you're leading and we are going to go on a commercial break and we'll be right back so go ahead fill that cup of coffee and stay tuned
0: This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it. Girlfriend And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio, right after these. Are you ready to get your woohoo on? From business and branding to babies, best-selling books and personal breakthroughs? Then it's time to tune in to Woohoo Radio, Love, Life, Business and the Pursuit of Happiness, with your host Lisa Stedman, Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Using her signature blend of inspiration, motivation and kick-butt action, best-selling author and chief woohoo woman Lisa Stedman wants to help you discover the woohoo that only you can do. Lisa will show you how to create your signature woohoo way of love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness without losing yourself. If you're tired of a one size fits all approach to career, relationships, and personal growth, get your weekly woohoo on with Lisa and her rock star guests as they reveal their personal stories of bouncing back from boohoo of rock bottom into the woohoo of love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness. Check out her website, LisaStedman.com. Join us for Woohoo Radio, love, life, business, and the pursuit. of of Happiness, Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central on toginet.com.
4: Familia, faith, identity, tradicion. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramatica. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men.
2: Well, we are so enjoying our conversation today with Nancy Beach, who is passionate in helping others flourish in ministry and community and in their personal lives. And Nancy is an inspiring communicator as well as leader who has shared her teaching at conferences and workshops in over 23 countries and on six continents. And Nancy, you identify with those in senior leadership with artists of all kinds and with women navigating the challenge of leading in the church. And, and we share your belief that truly the, the local church is the hope of the world. But as we know, it's not a perfect place because we all attend the church. And it's it's filled with challenges. But it, it really is the vehicle that God truly works through to just bring hope and solutions to the challenges that we face in, in our world. Um, and as as we look ahead... From your perspective and just from your experience and from your insights, as we go looking into the next generation of leaders even um, and pouring into them, because you're a life coach you and you're, you're, you're constantly pouring into people. I know you share our heartbeat of pouring into the next generation. What are you seeing with that next generation of leaders? And we know this whole, this whole thing with social media has so changed just the landscape of leadership so much, but can you address just what you're seeing in that next generation?
3: Well, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I mean, I'm certainly not an expert, but what I've, what I've observed with both the young men and women, and I guess this is not unique to them. I, I think this was true when I was in my 20s as well, but uh, I'm, I'm uncovering a lot of people who are crazy gifted. I mean, their talent is at a very high level but their spiritual maturity hasn't, and emotional maturity hasn't caught up yet to their giftedness. And particularly people who serve up front in some capacity at their church, um, this can be difficult because people get hooked into them because of their talent and their gifts, and then um, there isn't enough substance yet, maturity yet, behind it. So in some ways I feel like um, in your 20s you're kind of, playing catch-up, you know, and you're trying to learn lessons that sometimes can only come with, with time and certainly with mistakes, and I made more than my share of those, and then you you begin to learn from those things. So as a, as a mentor, and I think anybody can be a mentor, when I first heard that word it was really scary to me, but now I'm understanding it more, and I think it's just coming alongside someone who's just a little bit behind you or maybe a lot behind you in years and um, walking with them and, and listening a lot and giving as as best you can um, your perspective, but mostly it's just a whole lot of active listening and support. And as I'm doing that with with some of the younger people, I'm finding that um, maybe, just maybe, a few of the mistakes I made, I could keep them from making, you know, at least the same ones. Um, I'm finding a real openness from the younger generation to being mentored. And I think that's good news for those of us who are older. I think we sometimes assume I don't have anything to offer or they really wouldn't want to hear from me. Um, And I'm not finding that to be the case. And I actually really respect them for their humility and their openness to receive um, some input. And if you're a woman who's over 30, um, I would urge you to look just behind you a little bit, look over your shoulder and say, who could I come alongside? I think whatever age we are, we can help. My uh, high school-aged daughter, when she was in high school, was mentored by a woman in her 20s, you know. So, so I think at each age we can turn around and extend a hand and and just have a cup of coffee or tea with somebody and, and do life a little bit with them.
2: Well, and you talked about the word mentoring and how that word can be very intimidating and Mm -hmm. it really does look different. I love the term life coaching more, but it really is just a relational approach of just sitting down, asking questions and just pouring life and doing life together. It's just as simple as that. We don't have to make it a a formalized program, which so many times in the past that's what it it kicks into. You think that's what it has to be and then people don't even want to do that, so they they don't pour into others. But I love what you're saying about the next generation being so open, because I've seen that even in my own kids who are in their 20s and, and their peers. And a part of that, do you think, is because kids in, in that age group have not had positive role models, even uh, within their parents and others around them, and so they are kind of hungry for somebody that uh, that represents stability and is healthy, knows where they're going, and they, they're kind of craving that?
3: Oh, I, I definitely think that's true, especially in the church, because some of them weren't raised in homes where faith was was modeled. And uh, just to give you an example, I have a friend in Indiana who's a church leader, and uh, she and her husband have three children um, still living at home. And what they'll do once a week, rather than having a small group experience that's only about other couples their age, is they have some younger people, um, single mostly, I believe, uh, coming to their home for dinner. And just sitting with them, it's family dinner. It's, it's not a structured book study or anything like that. It's more like, you know, come be a part of our family. And when a younger person, especially if they didn't grow up in a Christian home, gets to do that and watches the interaction and the dynamics with the family and the kids and, and all of that and feels included, there's a community dimension there that's really a beautiful thing. And I think we need to break out of some of our... Um, boxes of what we think it means to in, be inclusive and say, you know, I, I, I don't think everybody has to be in this age niche where it's so narrow and we only hang out with people our age, and if we're married, we only hang out with married people. For single, we only hang out with single people. I just don't think that's how the body of Christ was intended, you know, to function. And so I, I celebrate the opportunity to just... Uh, Nancy Ortberg, a friend of mine, she, will, she loves to hike, so instead of always hiking alone, there's a young woman in her 20s in her church, and occasionally she just says, hey, come hike with me. And so it's, it can be very simple. It's just taking a walk and then saying, what's going on in your life? How's it going, you know? And uh, what are you learning? And, and what are you struggling with? And those are the kinds of questions. One other thing about mentoring that I learned is that rarely do we have one mentor in our lives. And I think that's the other thing that's intimidating about the word. Most of us have a collection of mentors. You know, I have some people in my life who I think are phenomenal parents, and so I lean into them for parenting wisdom. And there's others that I've leaned into as, as a teacher and others as a leader. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think you get pieces of the best of people in your life. And so you don't have to feel like you're, you're an expert in everything to come alongside someone and to, to coach them a little bit. Um, think of yourself more of as an advocate. You're an advocate for that person, and you're not trying to, um, you know, mold them into something specific like you are. You're trying to just listen and say, how can I be available to you? How can I pray for you? And what, what would you like to talk about?
1: I love that you said it's simple because I, I think you're right. That is why so many people, they get hung up. Oh, there's no way I could ever be a mentor. And, and they also get caught up. I don't have time for that. I can barely raise my own kids, yet alone, right. you know, bring somebody else along. But that whole multi-generational concept is so significant and it's so important. And I agree. I think that the younger generation is craving that mm-hmm. and just – an example would be, um, just on Facebook, just sometimes the moral compass, if they didn't grow up in a Christian home, what they think is acceptable. I know, um, just seeing, you know, girls throwing, you know, the, the bikini pictures up there. They really don't think that there's anything wrong with it. Right. And if you, if you come along and you're guiding them going, you know, is that, do you really want to be leading in ministry? And you just had everybody in the world see you in a bikini? Right
3: well another aspect to the social networking in this article just i just read it yesterday in the latest uh edition of newsweek which is apparently no longer (laughs) going to be printed soon but anyway uh this latest edition a mother and a daughter a mother in her 50s and her daughter in her 20s co-wrote an article about um the differences between uh, the development of friendships in this facebook world and i i really concur with this because i have a daughter in her 20s and another 19 year old and i'm watching them with their friends and it's really about it's not anti-facebook or anything like that but it's really about how many people can we truly be um deeply connected with what's our, our capacity to do that and we have this illusion of being more connected than we really are
4: with mm-hmm. in
3: some cases several hundred people you know in, in your facebook world and um there's a there's a lack of Face-to-face, eye-to-eye communication. Um, there is also this fear of missing out. Um, we call my daughter the FOMO girl because she's always, you know, checking her phone to see, am I missing some gathering or some party or something? <laughs> you know, could I be in a better place? Instead of being where you are, when you are, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I think this is one gift we can We can try to give to the next generation. Technology is awesome, and it's enabled all of us to do all kinds of things. But I do think there's a there's also some downsides to it that we need to counter and have good boundaries so that we say, you know what, this is really my inner circle of friends, and I'm going to make an intentional investment in them in person. And um, while I'm doing that, I'm going to be fully there and fully engaged and not distracted by, you know, whatever else might pop up.
1: Well, and that is such good advice because I, I know even I will do that. You put your phone. Before it was rude to put your phone on the table at lunch. Right, so right. You go to a restaurant. Now everybody piles their phone. We just had a, a meeting all day yesterday. And Lisa, did you notice that every yeah. single person put their phone on the table? And it's like it's acceptable. You can yeah. go to her and look at your text messages. You know, and you really are not in the moment. Right. At one point, one, one of the guys there was like, okay, hey. Come back.
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. You feel like, okay, what you're saying right now is I, what I'm talking about is not as important to you as mm-hmm. finding out if someone else is trying to reach you right now. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have to let go of this idea that, oh, the world's going to fall apart if I don't, you know, look at my messages for two minutes. I think we have to, um, that's, that's actually really selfish. And I think we need to set it aside, hide it away, and say, I'm going to be fully with you. And I'm going to give you the gift, which is one of the best gifts you can give another human being, of my undivided attention. I'm going to give you my eyes. I'm going to give you my body language. I'm going to give you my heart and my mind. And I'm going to fully engage in this interaction we're going to have right now. And when I'm in meetings like you described, and I've been in many of them, and I've been guilty of it myself, I just want to scream at some point and say, hello, you know, this meeting could probably be half the time if we would all just put away the distractions and, and talk to each other.
2: Well, and, and it's becoming so common where it's it's acceptable, which is very, very sad. And so we, we it really what you're saying, it, the, what we're communicating through that is something that we don't want to be communicating. We need to be aware of that. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we turn, we will talk about the specifics on taking your leadership to the next level. We'll be right back.
0: This is Girlfriend it on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it radio right after these. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on TogiNet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be, I'm Free, with Minister Diane Jones, Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraisamillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central, on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
1: Well, welcome back to Girlfriend at Radio. We were talking about mentoring women. We were talking about loneliness in leadership. And one of the ways uh, to, to stop that loneliness of women feeling so isolated is coming along beside them and just being an advocate for women, especially in uh, those women in leadership roles. And Nancy Beach is among many other things, but she's a strong advocate for women. And we just want to thank you again, Nancy, for taking the time to join us today and sharing your insights and examples on leading at such a high-capacity level. As we wind down our time together, we know that you believe God is calling you to give back to emerging leaders, drawing from your experience, mistakes, and God's prompting in your own life. What are a couple of key lessons that you have learned over the years in regards to your leadership to encourage and equip other leaders?
3: Well, uh, this isn't uh, original with me at all, but one of the things i picked up along the way is how important self leadership is. And, you know, the way one person put it is the hardest person you'll ever have to lead is yourself. And I've, I come across some leaders who are not in a healthy place, um, whether that be a weariness of the soul or physically not healthy or relationally feeling alone. And when you dig a while, you find out that, and I think women are as guilty or more guilty of this as men. Um, They've just been giving out and giving out so much, and they haven't paid enough attention to what is needed for themselves to be uh, vibrant and fully alive and flourish. And and so that word flourish to me is, is a beautiful word. I love in Psalm 1 when it talks about the tree planted by the streams of water and its roots growing down deep, and then it bears its fruit in season – Uh, We can't bear fruit, I think we all know this, uh, Jesus taught us, unless we abide in him. So there's a rootedness that needs to happen in terms of our relationship with God and an attention paid to our soul. But then there's also a connection that I think needs to happen. Um, Henry Nowen used to say the progression is from solitude to community to ministry. I think some women have the solitude part, maybe not as much as they would like, but they have to kind of get that. But they skip over the community part and try to start serving. And we've been talking about mentoring. That's a form of service. But the community piece is more asking yourself, who are the life-giving people to me? Um, not just what can I keep giving, 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 but who are life-giving people to me? And do I intentionally make room for them in my life? And I don't think that I would have made it through the last several decades of ministry without um, these kinds of life-giving relationships. And uh, some of them are women and some of them are men, but they are people who, when I sit across the table from them, I walk away every time saying, oh, my goodness, what a refreshment to my spirit, to having been with that person. Some, Some of them, there's one guy in my life who just plain makes me laugh. And that is an enormous gift, and he lives Mm -hmm. far away, and every time I call him, I end up, the phone call, feeling a little lighter in spirit. You know, um, there's this woman, I've told the story before, the one I mentioned in Indiana, she's four hours away from me. So about four times a year on the calendar, we will plan to meet, two two hours uh, each we drive. We go to this. Bob Evans coffee shop and we sit there and drink Diet Coke for like three, four hours and we catch up with each other's lives and we get in the car. My husband can't believe we could have that much to talk about. And the funny thing is we get in the car and sometimes we forgot something so we're on the cell phone on the <laughs> way you know, on the way home. Um, but we have to be intentional. She's very busy. I'm very busy. There's no way that happens unless you get it on the calendar and say, this is going to be a priority. So I think women need to give themselves permission to say, who are some of those people? how long has it been since I've given myself the gift of being with that person and what do I need to do to make a phone call and plan it so that we do lunch or get together if she's far away. Uh, I have a, several friends now out of state, and uh, one of them and I just emailed the other day, and we said this went, she lives in Florida, so it's quite convenient for me to decide, all right, I'm going to use some miles, use some frequent flyer miles, and I'm going to get down there in February and spend some uninterrupted time with her. So I I just want to urge women to have that word in their vocabulary: intentionality about everything, Mm -hmm. certainly about self leadership, but also about this issue of life-giving relationships.
1: That is so important. As we just got back from Florida, and I just love that swimming in the Atlantic when it's warm. Mm -hmm. We don't Mm -hmm. have that here. But Mm -hmm. being intentional with those relationships, because what happens, and I especially in leadership, there are so many people that want your time, and they want yeah. to do things, and you end up just being very reactive rather than proactive, and you just kind of meet those needs, and, and sometimes th- those people that are surrounding you, they're, they're wanting something on their own agenda, and it can really just drain you rather than being intentional and go, that's fine to to meet with, a, you know, a lot of the the, the people that that you're leading and but it's also important to be with those people that are going to fill your cup. Yeah. And I love that you have one that makes you laugh, you have one that you just, you know, pour into drinking diet coke for 4 hours. It's mm-hmm. those are so so important. And I love having the different generations
2: in in my life. So one's mm. in the ones ones in the 30s cuz I learned so much from them and just the vitality of life a lot of times but it just even yeah. a different perspective that even as we are maturing I'll use that word it is so great to just have that um, that a different perspective on life from from a younger generation and how they see things and when they say a certain word it's it means something different than how we would have said it right and, right and so it's like it's that constantly being learning too and navigating through our through our own leadership Um yes. but it does require being intentional it doesn't happen automatically because how many times do we see somebody and we say we need to get together and you know, if you say that, it's never going to happen. Right. So, I learned we'd go. Okay, let's get our calendars out, and I'm going to throw out a couple of dates, and we're going to make that happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So, in the connection thing, it, it, being intentional, it's really hard because so many women they see that as, as um, having relationships, sometimes being selfish. Right. It's like I have time because it's going to take away from, you know, being with my kids or being with my husband or, or, or whatever. And we always want to say it's, it's self-survival. It's soul care. It's not a luxury. God created us and wired us for relationships. And it really is important that we develop those and have those. And so many times women don't have those. And then when the crises hit in life, they don't have anybody around them because they haven't developed that, that support, that network, that friendship. Um, and which you really need to develop at times when you don't need them.
3: That's right, because we're all going to have those seasons uh, of winter in our lives where we, we definitely don't want to be alone at that point. And, you know, I'm not trying to, to have people motivated by fear, but I do think that we have to understand that you make these investments, these deposits in relationships all along the way, even when times are good. And because we are going to get into those really difficult uh, desert times and lost times. And then, you know, I always ask people, do you know outside of your, your family who would be there for you uh, when that happens? And I hope you have a couple names of people who would drop everything. We can't do that for many, many people, but we can do that for a few people, and we should all have that little inner circle that we cultivate and that we know would, would be right there with us.
2: Well, and you talked about this when we were at Gifted to Lead, and we probably told you this story, but so humorous, because we haven't shared it with our listeners, but when we were at your Gifted to Lead, the very first one, you had us break down, and, and you you talked, you, you challenged us to write down our tribes. You are talking about having your tribe, mm-hmm. and so you, you said, okay, once you identify your tribe, and and so Patty and I were sitting there, and I was at, a, I had just had a significant birthday, so I was kind of in my isolation hole, and so I <laughs> Sitting there thinking and uh, about my tribe, and so I'm hearing it as just those you know, three or four or five people that you really they're that like, you know, you call it three in the morning that are really there. So I'm really trying to think and refine it. And who would I really, you know, I have them, but who really is those? those those, the single ones. And I look over and Patty is going crazy writing this list And she's pretty <laughs> on her second column of people. And I'm looking at her going, and I'm, I see a couple of these names and I'm going, that's just your neighbor. That's just this person. I'm thinking, really, that is your tribe, that inner, you know, core, mm-hmm. that inner circle. And I'm looking at her and and, and later I go, okay, I don't think that's what she meant by the tribe is like everybody you've ever met. Mm -hmm. And so we were, we joked about it. Like it's in the, you know, like she's on the reservation traveling around in her little ATV going around the terrain. And I'm, I'm singing it. (laughs) He goes, who's, who's in here smoking the peace pipe with me. Right. We, when we, you know, read your book and it was like, yeah, what's in the inner circle of tribe, but Patty's was the more the merrier. So she had a quite a large tribe.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also think we have different capacities. So my husband's a total introvert, and if you ask him, my daughters and I tease him all the time, that he basically has one friend, and he does have a couple others, but there's really one guy, you know, that, that <laughs> they're buddies, and, and I have a wider capacity. But I think um, the point is that you have at least a few people, you know, two or three, and if, if you're not wired to have a broad relational bandwidth, that's okay, but you still need a couple.
2: Absolutely. We just had fun with that because it was, you know, that, that yeah. exercise was quite fun and just different <laughs> perspectives. So anyway, we, we love that. Hey, we just have a, just a, a minute left or so. What resources or leaders have influenced you significantly? What is there a book you're reading now? What is something? We always like to, to hear what other leaders are, are learning, what they're reading. Can you share with us something that has impacted you recently? Sure. Or, um,
3: I don't. I I confess I don't read a ton of leadership books. Um, I read them here and there. Someone handed me one um, a couple months ago that I just finished called Derailed um, by Dr. I think it's Tim Irwin, I-R-W-I-N. But he kind of takes a look at what are the character traits, it's all about character really, that tend to derail key leaders. And he gives very specific examples. Um, So I I do recommend reading – you know, especially when someone else has recommended a book, that's when I tend to pay attention. And I, I, I'm such a fan of great literature and novels that I, it's hard for me to pull away sometimes and read the that's... the top ten leadership books. You know, but um, but I have benefited from them. I've benefited a lot from training and conferences and and just you know smart people who've been uh, in places that I haven't yet and who who teach out of their own experience. So I recommend if you're a person who likes to listen to tapes or go to conferences, that's obviously a great way to expand your leadership world as well.
2: Well, Nancy, again, thank you for being on our show. And we hope that today's show has challenged you in your own leadership and using your influence. As we know, leading can be lonely, but it doesn't have to stay that way. So initiate a connection, as Nancy said. Be intentional and, and reaching out to others and bringing them into our lives. And remember, you're not alone, and you don't have to be alone. Well, join us at GirlFriendIt.com for more resources and connections and more information on today's show and with Nancy. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.